0: beautiful Sunday in the Old Pueblo, and you're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored, all-volunteer-powered rock and roll radio station. This week, we're going to speak with Ayla Kapai, the woman who has been stirring the Borderlands brew kettle for the past several years, adding not just ingredients, but a distinct dash of ingenuity. Borderlands Brewing is known for its innovative and community-oriented approach to beer merging local influences with sustainable practices. We're going to hear all about that in Ayla's journey in just a moment. Today is July 23rd, 2023. My name is Tom Heath and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core. We shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A-Mountain to the University of Arizona, and all stops in between. You get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming at downtownradio.org. We're also available on your iPhone or Android using our very own Downtown Radio Tucson app. If you want to interact with us on the show, you can find us at Instagram and Facebook. And if you want information about the show, our book, our past episodes, or simply to contact us, head over to lifealongthestreetcar.org. And of course, you can listen to our podcast on all kinds of platforms like Spotify and iTunes. And speaking of the book, I don't know if you saw the Arizona Daily Star, but there's a special book section, really nice feature about the show, the book, and uh, kind of what we've been doing here for the last seven years. So huge uh, thank you to the Arizona Daily Star, Bill over there for putting that together. And uh, of course, there's a, a link to it all over our social media. And I hope you have a chance to go Read it, check it out, because I thought the article was great and a little biased, but I think our project here, Life Along the Streetcar, is also pretty darn good. Well, our guest today is uh, pretty well known in the in the beer world, Ayla Kapai. She is the head brewer over at Borderlands Brewing, and as we mentioned in the intro, they're not just brewing beer. They're doing it in a way that's community-oriented, and they like to focus on... Uh, as much as they can, the local ingredients and sustainable practices. They also just opened up a tap room. They got huge plans coming. Um, Really quite an explosion for Borderlands in our community. So we sat down with Ayla at the Tucson Gallery Studios just a couple of days ago and got the story. We are joined today by uh, one of our favorite people in the world because she makes beer. haven't even really met her yet, but she makes beer. So she's definitely on the list of uh, favorite people. Uh, And I'm Ayla Kapai.
1: That's right, you got yes. it
0: yes, yeah, uh, it's because she told me before the show how to how to say it so
1: most people I've known for decades have not been able to say it right, so you did well
0: no, oh, thank you, thank you well welcome to uh to the show kind of excited not just because you make beer but you you represent a brand that is really big here in Tucson and Borderlands you got an expansion going on, all kinds of fun stuff so first of all let's let's start with you um you are a you are like you have multiple titles. You're like the head brewer, you're like director <laughs> of operations. You are
1: I think I just really have all those titles because my real title is the beer chick that gets stuff done. Okay. For the brewery, but yes, but but you're right. Um head brewer and director of production operations. Uh basically that means anything that has to do with Borderlands beer production is my responsibility.
0: And how long have you been with Borderlands?
1: It has been five and a half years.
0: Oh, my gosh. So you joined them pre-COVID, dealt with that madness. Indeed. And and, uh, and now you're part of their expansion.
1: That's right. Um, so we, of course, you know, like all small businesses, we've seen a lot of change. And we're so fortunate that when COVID hit, of course, we were forced to think very creatively We have access downtown to this huge, beautiful patio. And it was really being underutilized um, until we figured out what to do with it. So if anything, post-COVID, our brand and uh, entities and properties have been just stronger than ever. So we're really fortunate.
0: Good. And we've had, um, you know, doing the show for six years now, had a few different breweries on. And uh, it always amazes me how well you all get along.
1: Oh yeah. No one can see my face right now, but it's, it's true. You know, what's so awesome is, um, when I go out of state and out of town to different beer conferences and events and get togethers, the number one comment I always hear from people in craft beer is they say the craft beer community is collaborative, but there's something special about Arizona and there's something special about Tucson. And they say, what is it about your Tucson craft beer scene? I've heard that many times.
0: Yeah, it's it's just interesting. You always think that you're competing. And I had uh someone on and, and this was early on, and I asked because there were new breweries popping up, and and I and I asked him if there was too much. And he said there's never too much of a good thing. And we're we're all kind of competing against the big brands. And if collectively we're good enough, we'll take market share and, and we'll share that.
1: That's exactly right. And that's really the reason why we have our Voltron Brewing Cooperative Facility that we share with Firetruck Brewing. It's the same mentality. These are two different brands that are being produced, but ultimately we collaborate together so that we have the buying power, so that we have other power like a larger macro brewery. And you're right. That's exactly what Tucson breweries do.
0: It's so a Voltron, then that's, that's on Tool? Is that...
1: Yes, that's right. It's confusing because downtown's Borderlands location is also on Tool, uh, but, but this one is South Tool, very close to Barrio Brain Company, and we share a wall with Rocks and Ropes Climbing okay. Gym.
0: And you have a tap room. I saw in, at Voltron. Is that true too?
1: That's right. We just recently reopened our Voltron tap room post COVID.
0: Okay. Yeah, kind of hard to kind of hard to see. So look for the signs. It's it's tucked away in a little warehouse back there but a good place to a brew beer. And I'm sure I haven't been in as a tap room, but I'm sure it's a good place to enjoy a, a beverage.
1: It's awesome. We have these huge cutout windows in our tap room space. So you can sit there with your beer and see what we're up to.
0: And is that where you do all your brewing?
1: Yep. That's where I live. That's my, that's my beer cave.
0: Okay. So then you put that together and you ship it off to, uh, well, to your your restaurants, but you're also in you're in restaurants and wholesale and retail everywhere, aren't you?
1: That's right. We really have scaled back from retail and. Uh, Stores, grocery stores in the last couple of years because we've been focusing on opening up our other taproom concepts. This has given us the ability to focus on small, creating small batches and unique batches that we normally don't have available through wholesale.
0: Okay, so if you're doing the the wholesale, then you've got to create um, obviously a lot more product and there's less experimentation. You can't come up with these funky, cool names. And Is is there anything about the beer? Is it just the names you sit around like, let's create something called...
1: (laughs) So here's the thing. Um, You know, I take pride. i like to think I do my job pretty well and have contributed to our brew success. The one thing I do here, though, is nobody asks my opinions when it comes to naming beers, Mm. because if it were up to me, I would name all of our beers names like the Tangerine Sour, the Watermelon Ale, which to me is descriptive, but I've been told from our marketing team. So what, that, uh, what, do those,
0: what do those end up becoming called? Then? <laughs> uh,
1: those two names actually stuck because that's before okay. our, uh, okay. our, our new marketing team got involved and they said, Hey, look, that's the last time you're going to name the beers. I think it's descriptive, but it doesn't sound as good as uh, some fun names.
0: Okay. Well, I, I, I function over form over function or function over. I don't know what it is, but I, I, I like knowing what I'm drinking. Sometimes like when I drink wine, for example, I'll look at the bottle. I like the bottle, but I have no idea what I'm drinking. And it's kind of this gotten the same way with a lot of the beers is I really like the name, but you know, I don't think there's chocolate cake in this and I'm not a hundred percent sure <laughs> if there's chocolate cake in this particular beer. Um, I read a very interesting article, uh, cause I do a little research every now and then. So I read a really interesting article from Tucson foodie, which really sucked me in because it said that you went to UC Davis and UC Davis has this really good brewing program and they, they put together a master's and, and, and all of this stuff. And I'm like, that's fantastic. And then it goes on to say, but Ella didn't take any of that stuff.
1: <laughs> that's exactly right. Actually. Um, I was nervous when I first read that article. Cause I thought, uh oh, where is Jesse Mann's going with this? I didn't complete the brewing program at UC Davis. And uh, yes, that, that's all correct.
0: Yeah. Oh, he, That was a really relevant article of Tucson foodie. Um, but you were, you, what were you studying? I don't remember.
1: Uh, I was in psychology and human development. So I was working in the field of uh, social work, okay. um, basically. But um, so I will say what's funny is that, you know, maybe in Arizona, folks are familiar with the UC system and with UC Davis in Northern California. But of course in the beer world, as soon as I tell someone that that's where my undergraduate degree was at, um, they all assume they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, UC Davis, that's so great. And then I have to like kind of tamper them down. say, like, oh, but it wasn't for brewing. And everyone just kind of goes, oh. It's
0: like, I went to Juilliard to take math.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's like, huh. And I'm like, hmm would you like to try this tangerine sour? It's really good.
0: <laughs> and the title says it all. Oh. <laughs> that was, it was, it was interesting but the article. I think it was really well done and gives a lot of your bio. And if, if people are out there, you know, definitely look it up. It's just from like 2019, 2020. So it's not too, too long after you started with Borderlands.
1: That one, if it's the one I'm thinking of from Tucson foodie by Jesse Mance, it was maybe six months ago.
0: Okay. This I think, year.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. If it, if it mentioned uh, the U of A LR MBA program.
0: Mm, I, either way, if I look it up. It's it's Tucson Foodie. Uh you, you can't really miss I mean, Ayla's name is everywhere when you talk about brewing in Tucson, so you, you'll you'll pop it up, especially especially when you pop in uh women brewers in Tucson. Your name is always on that list uh, of uh people making things happen, which is it's it's nice to see that. And and I, I understand I had, a, I had an interview with someone from Iron Johns a few years ago. Um, uh Elise, I believe her name is. Yes. And uh we were talking and she said, Yeah, we, we're just it's not that we're entering the field, it's we're taking it back, right? That women were brewing beer for the longest time.
1: That's exactly right. So women have a long standing history of being the original brewers. That's dated back actually even to ancient times when we look at ancient Egyptian alcohol production. But even in the last two hundred years, Women really were the original home brewers. they were the ones even selling beer on a kind of a black market, so to speak. If anyone is familiar with the beer witches uh kind of air quotes you're eyebrows say that? No, yeah, you can't I, see I, my I, face I, right now. I, my eyebrows not are really high. You're like, what the heck? Well, what I've, did she say?
0: I mean, I've heard of, you know, when they talk about like witches brew and things like that, I don't know if that's.
1: Yeah. So actually it's even, um, it's even kind of mixed in with the, around the time of the Salem trials. So when you mm. think of when yeah. women and people were accused of being witches, women homebrewers at that time, when they were selling their beer in the black market, they were, they distinguished themselves by wearing pointy hats that kind of look like witch hats. So not to say that the homebrewers were the ones um, during the uh, Salem trials but there was certainly it was their same time period and similar kind of um, folklore and mm-hmm. story that's going on there
0: oh well it's 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 always interesting you know when you you think you know something and you think you have this really progressive story and you realize we're just sort of returning back to our roots
1: <laughs> that's exactly right that's why you know I, a lot of my friends have the shirt that says the future of beer is female um, but but You know, again, it's really it's just, no the the past and the future, both of it. Right. We're we're really just reclaiming um, the beer story.
0: We'll be back to finish up the interview with Ayla in just a moment and find out how that reclamation of the beer story is coming. But first, I want to remind you that you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar and Downtown Radio 99.1 FM and streaming on downtownradio.org.
2: This podcast is sponsored by the Mortgage Guidance Group and Nova Home Loans. If you enjoyed this podcast, keep listening or head over to LifeAlongTheStreetcar.org for all of our past episodes, current events, and things to do while visiting Tucson. Tom Heath, NMLS number 182420. Nova, NMLS number 3087. VK number 0902429. Equal Housing Opportunity.
0: All right, we are back to finish up our interview. We're talking with Ayla Kapai, the head brewer over at Borderlands Brewery. Uh, We were just talking about the Salem Witch Trials. So we're gonna fast forward a few years and find out what's happening here in the now and uh, soon in the future with Borderlands. You got into this then from a different perspective. You didn't start with Borderlands like, hey, I'm gonna come become your brewer because you don't have that background. So how did that path take you?
1: When I was ready for a career change and I decided to join the craft beer industry, I really just begged a brewery for a job that was public brew house. Um, A lot of folks might remember them tucked behind Hermanos off of fourth Avenue Mm -hmm. and they brewed on a two barrel system, which is really just a glorified homebrew setup. I had homebrewing experience, um, or at least I thought I had like decent experience. I didn't know what I was doing when I first started there, but I basically begged them for a job. You know, I said, I'll scrub floors. I'll wash kegs. As long as you learn, as long as you can teach me how to brew commercially, I'll I'll work your bar. Do you have any jobs available? And at first, like this was the first week they were open and they said, well, we're not really hiring. We just opened or maybe we do have a position available. The owners are the ones who are brewing. And I was just relentless. I think they just wanted to have me stop going in there and bugging them. And they finally just said, all right, <laughs> all right here's, here's a job. Just all right, here, just sweep the floor.
0: We'll spend, we'll spend less time if you work here than trying uh-huh. to explain to you why you can't work here.
1: Exactly. So
0: you get in, you get, you get, you get going. And then, uh, did you start, you learned how to brew there then or commercially brew?
1: That's right. Um, I learned as much as I could. I'm so grateful for that experience and working on such a small system because when you do that folks know this in the commercial beer brewing world there are a lot of issues that arise right like you're basically working with homebrew equipment um and so when you work on such a small scale you really intimately get to know your product you get to know the process and understand the mechanics and the machinery of everything so i'm so grateful for that experience because all of the troubleshooting all of the critical thinking about saying hey we don't have this huge budget to resolve this problem. We don't have this huge budget to cr- create these delicious and creative beers. What are we going to do? And I really attribute a lot of that to my current success.
0: Hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The, um, the, I guess then it, as you get into larger scale and you've got more resources, then it becomes a little easier to, to navigate some of that. But the, 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 the critical thinking that gets you there doesn't change.
1: Definitely. And you know, even when you start working on a larger scale, like I did with Borderlands, sure there are brewing processes that are easier. A lot of them are more automated, but um, there's just there are different challenges, right? If my if the beer is available in grocery stores, I need to make sure that product tastes exactly the same yeah. every single time. So there, you you just come into new challenges.
0: Yeah. So, and you had mentioned earlier, so let's kind of jump back to that. Yeah. Uh, you wanted to focus less on the retail side because you're building out some tap room concepts. To, are those built out yet or are you still working on those?
1: In the process. So we of course have our original downtown tap room location. The Sam Hughes location is the newest one that's currently opened. It opened in January of this year. That's located at Tucson and sixth street. It's actually where the old PJ subs location okay, used yeah, to be. Yep, so yep. that place is open and thriving. It's a partnership with chef Maria Maison mm-hmm. from Boca Tacos. And the next concept DOS is opening on River and Craycroft area in that Whole Foods parking lot. That's another partnership with Maria Maison. Tentative date of opening about two months. We're hoping for mid-September.
0: Okay. And since this show show's recorded, we're not going to tell you what date it is now because two months in this world could be Anything, especially way, in
1: Tucson, who knows the way things
0: happen. I went to your uh, your location on uh, the old, on Sixth and uh, Tucson not too long ago, and I did not realize until after I left that it was a partnership. And the 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 beverages were delicious, but the food was just r- unbelievable. It was such a, it was a small menu, but it's just executed so well.
1: We're so grateful. We have been wanting to work with Chef Maria for years, and it took us a long time to figure out what kind of a partnership we could make happen. I wholeheartedly agree. I purposely like to have my uh, lunch meetings there so then I can leave my beer cave and say, oh, it's lunchtime. I guess I have to eat something. I
0: guess I have to. I guess I have to have some delicious Maria food.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so then Dose will open. And so you've got then the original location, the Sam Hughes, Partnership in Voltron, Dose. That's that's a lot.
1: Yeah, there's another one, too.
0: Oh, can you tell us? Is that a <laughs> teaser or is it just like uh, you're gonna have to tune in next year for that for that? Nah, so. I
1: think there's already press or something about it. Um within a year we are opening Sonora Moonshine Company and that's primarily going to be an Agave and Tequila uh Mescal bar.
0: Interesting. Where yes. where you have a location for that?
1: Yes, off of Broadway and Point, she's pointing, pointing to give
0: directions which is horrible it's, on the radio but
1: it, it is it's yeah. terrible the listeners are like what is going on it's, here
0: it's that away i mean so it's a it downtown area is it
1: it is downtown relatively close to the thunder canyon location
0: okay interesting so that that wow there's a lot going on there and are you you're spearheading all of this i mean what you, you've got to be exhausted
1: Fortunately, we have a great CEO who uh, knows what he's doing. And uh, I'm there just to support him the best way that I can. Uh, but certainly for production, it uh, is a lot of work, right, for us to keep up with these new concepts. We also want to create new beers for some of these different concepts as well. So we're quite busy.
0: So then are you getting into like the, uh, the agave distillation or is that a partnership with something or is that going to expand what you're doing?
1: That is a partnership with, um, a company in Sonora, Mexico. Okay. Legally, we don't have the licensing to be able to distill, um, and all of that in our current production space. It's also not a skill set yet in my wheelhouse. Um, so fortunately we do have a partnership for that. I am very excited to brew agave inspired beers mm. with it. So it would be great to use cactus and roasted cactus in our beers.
0: And that was something else. I, I think I read this in either that article to foodie or something else. But you you're also using a lot of native um, grains and you're focusing on the region.
1: That's right. We we brew beers that are inspired by our southwestern landscape and deserts. So that is why we ha- our prickly pear wheat is so successful. We use an organic and local prickly pear uh, provider here to produce that. We are working with local grains, Sonora white wheat at EKW Farms, which is located in Marana. And... We try as much as possible to source local ingredients when we can, because we really believe that our beer should reflect the flavors that we celebrate here.
0: So where, where do people follow you and keep up with all this stuff?
1: I pause cause I'm like, Hmm, that's a great question. Honestly, our um, website, especially our um, Instagram Page and Facebook are the best sources. We keep it it pretty up to date. Is it just
0: Borderlands or is it Borderlands Beer, Borderlands Tucson?
1: Borderlands Brewing Company. Okay. On Instagram. And same with Facebook, same with our website. We updated them properly every day.
0: Okay. This is uh, airing in late July. Anything coming up soon that we need to know about? Any big events or uh, any new releases that we can tease the audience with?
1: It will be mid September, but. In two short weeks, I have, um, we have many women brewers from Mexico visiting our facility to brew the next Las Hermanas beer, which is a, we haven't told this to the public yet, but now you're going to find out oh it's gosh. a Vienna lager, which wow. yeah, we're really excited about and the beer will be released mid September.
0: Okay. Breaking news. We don't always get breaking news on the uh, lifelong the Street car podcast, but this is so exciting. Um, And then do you, does Borderlands, do they do tours? Can people get a look behind the curtain at what you're doing or are you just too, too busy for that?
1: We do offer tours on our website uh, quarterly. So stay tuned for the next one. I don't know the date for the next one, but we do heavily advertise that.
0: All right. Well, we'll link to all that stuff from our Facebook page in case you miss any of that stuff. Uh, Ayla, you are um, making some uh, amazing things here happen in Tucson for uh, a, a beer chick that gets things done i pretty soon an agave chick that gets things done, right?
1: (laughs) I know. What else can I add to the titles? All the titles.
0: Uh, Well, anything else you want to add before I wrap up?
1: I just want to say how much I love Tucson. And I I want to go back just really quickly about understanding how connected our beer community is and how our community is in general. You know, one thing that's really awesome, what I think makes us so close is that we're vulnerable and just honest with each other, you know, It's no problem for myself or for other people in our industry to call each other and say, Hey, this thing happened at my my brewery. Do you have any advice for how to handle it? Or what price should I charge my beer at if it costs me this much? And I think just being honest and transparent really gets rid of that stereotype of competition in the beer industry to say, oh, but you're my competitor. Um, because really, we all thrive when we work together.
0: Ella Kapai, head brewer over at Borderlands Brewery, telling a really fantastic journey of uh, someone that just had a passion, wanted to get involved, and found a way to make it happen. Uh, very inspirational that she's doing what she loves and, and the path that she took to get there. Always a, a pleasure when we get to sit down with successful people that have kind of helped to find their own direction. Also looking forward to many of those projects. I think Agave has just been really exploding in, uh, in popularity over the last, I don't know, five or six years, especially in Tucson with um, uh, Todd Hanley and his efforts with the Agave Heritage Festival. So I'm excited about that project that they're launching. All kinds of cool stuff coming. Speaking of cool stuff, you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, FM, and we're streaming on downtownradio.org.
2: Support for Downtown Radio is provided by the Tucson Gallery, located in downtown Tucson inside of the proper shops at 300 East Congress Street. The Tucson Gallery offers original work, reproductions, and merchandise from Tucson artists like Joe Padgett, Jessica Gonzalez, Ignacio Garcia, and many more. For information about all the artists, including when they will be live at the gallery, head to thetucongallery.com or find them on Instagram and Facebook as Tucson Gallery.
0: That is Brother Mock, does a couple shows here. Uh, Radio Club Crawl is one I love to point out. He, um, uh, he, he plays music from all the bands that are going to be playing in Tucson in the upcoming week, so you can get a little taste of them on his show. Then uh, if you like them, he tells you where they're playing, when they're playing, and you can go check them out live. It's called Radio Club Crawl. And uh, Ted, Brother Mock there, does some other shows as well on the station. And if you want to check out our full lineup, head over to downtownradio.org. You'll see Sunday is pretty much uh, kind of an alternative music day and talk shows, but Monday through Saturday, we have fabulous rock and roll shows uh, we've got the um, roadside rest stop there on Monday nights. Uh, we've got the Arizona 411, all Arizona-made music. We've got surfing shows, anime, all kinds of just different eclectic styles. And they're brought to you by very talented, very knowledgeable, and eager to educate DJs. And did I mention, they're all volunteers. Everyone, staff that uh, keeps the station running, the board of directors, the DJs, the show host. Anytime you donate money, it goes to the programming, the studio equipment, the rent, the overhead, the things that we need to stay on the air and to improve the quality of the shows that we bring to you. So while you're checking out everything on downtownradio.org, you'll notice a little donate button there. I'm not going to be too upset if you hit that button and pass off a dollar or two or 20 or 100. And if you're so inclined, that monthly ongoing donation is a fabulous way for us us to kind of budget the the necessary items here within the station. Any donation, a one-time donation is is, is gratefully accepted. Um, But those ongoing donations really are uh, so helpful in the budgeting process. Well, again, another huge shout out to Ayla. I want to thank her for spending some time with us. And if there's a topic you think we should be covering, why don't you hit us up on our Facebook and Instagram, it's the Life Along the Streetcar. You can also head over to our website, lifealongthestreetcar.org. There's a contact button. And uh, we would love to hear from you about those hidden gems we have here in Tucson. Well, our opening music is always courtesy of Ryan Hood. Thought we should finally start giving them some plugs cuz we play their music for the last 8 years. And we're going to leave you today with music by Seamus Kennedy seemed appropriate for the day. It's from an album in 2003 called On the Rocks. It's The Beer Song. I hope you have a great week and tune in next Sunday for more life along the streetcar. When you read, you start with ABC. When you drink, you start with do re mi. Mm-hmm. Joe buys beer, it buys me beer, Pray the guy who sells me beer. Me, the one who drinks my beer, far a long way to the john.
2: so I'll have another beer.